Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey! Lil Baron. <laughs> yes. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about good. you? You know what? I'm doing good. It's good to see you face to face. I know. We, we recorded remotely last <laughs> yes, week. Yes, we did. And uh, that worked out just fine, but yes. it's also always good to be in yes. person, right? Yes. So Lil, today I want to start us off by talking a little bit about blood sugar. Blood sugar. Okay. Yeah. Just, just, okay. I just want to touch on a little bit. When, okay. I, when I was little, I, I was not very old at all. My younger sister was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Ooh. And uh, so she's had it her most of her life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was just a little girl. I can't mm-hmm. remember how old she was, but like six or seven. She was, she was young. And so we've kind of, in our family, had this vocabulary of blood sugar and you know, high blood sugar, low blood sugar, those, those kinds of things. But whether you're diabetic or you're pre-diabetic or whatever your yep. situation is, knowing and understanding what blood sugars are and how they work, I think is important, especially important. from the standpoint of, you know, trying to live the active life. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is that we, that we find that prolonged high blood sugars can lead to serious chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. And we all want to avoid uh, serious yes. chronic yes. illnesses if we can, right? Very much so, so when, when we eat that food that we eat, it metabolizes to glucose or sugar, and that's what fuels your body's cells to function mm-hmm. properly. So it's energy. Mm-hmm. We, we need those carbohydrates. However, issues do occur when the concentration of glucose in the blood is higher than the body needs. That's, mm-hmm. that's where the problem comes from. The key to maintaining steady blood sugar levels is to choose the right foods. Right. So that's where, you know, that's where the, the diet part of things oh. come in. And I'm just going to say it, <laughs> Cheetos <laughs> are probably not on oh. that list. <laughs> so darn it so here's the thing there there are no real foods that will cause your blood sugar level to just drop dramatically right. it's it's not it doesn't work that way it works the other way stuff a whole bunch of licorice in your mouth and it'll go up right but there isn't a food that will just make it drop dramatically broccoli it, 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 i mean listen broccoli is good for you <laughs> But eating broccoli doesn't just automatically drop that blood sugar level. The, the, the fact, though, is that there are foods that do reduce blood sugar average readings over time. Mm-hmm. So patience and consistency is always the key. And it can also help you avoid drastic spikes. So let's take a look at a few of these foods. This, okay. is, this is from the online magazine called Taste of Home. And uh, this is not all-inclusive by any means. I'm just right. going to touch on a couple of them. Uh, the first one that they mentioned is beans and lentils. Oh. And, um, you know, legumes like beans uh-huh. and lentils are a good choice for those trying to manage their blood sugar levels. Not only are they full of fiber, which mm-hmm. is good. Fiber keeps mm-hmm. you full. There, there's lots of benefits. Keeps your digestion right. working. Lots of benefits of fiber. But they also have a low glycemic index, both of which help to slow the spike in blood sugar after eating. And uh, on top of that, beans are a good source of protein. So lots of reasons to include yeah. beans and lentils and things like that into your diet. Mm-hmm. The next one is quinoa. Do, oh, you know, do you know what quinoa yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of an interesting one that's kind of burst on our scene yes. here in the United States, at least over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, I was introduced to quinoa a few years ago uh, by a sister-in-law who who eats very, very healthy, mm-hmm. maybe too healthy, <laughs> if, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. And um, <laughs> she brought this stuff over called quinoa, and I was like, if, you know, if if... <laughs> If, if she's bringing it over, I'm probably not going <laughs> to like, like it. it. You know, we, we talk a lot about twigs and berries <laughs> and things when we talk about their diet. But I, I, it was great. It yeah. was great. I liked it. So if you're not familiar with quinoa, it's a, it's a great substitute for white rice. Mm-hmm. And quinoa helps your body better control blood sugar response 
from many angles. It's loaded with protein and fiber, yeah. both of which we mentioned are good. Mm -hmm. And these two nutrients slow down digestion, causing a slow release of glucose into the bloodstream. Mm. So quinoa is a good option. Uh, garlic. Oh, did you know that? No, I didn't. So I like garlic. I know there's you know, a little too. bit of controversy surrounding <laughs> your breath with garlic, but garlic is considered a superfood because it's full of hundreds of compounds that are actually good for our health. Studies show that three of those compounds have been known to help increase insulin levels in the blood, reducing blood sugars by bringing glucose into the cells. And that's not all. Another study found garlic to help lower fasting blood glucose levels. So don't be ashamed to have huh. a little garlic now and then. It's good for you. Huh. I didn't know that. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. And garlic that, bread it is. There you go. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a, a counterbalancing there, right? Okay, garlic on my broccoli. Either, either way is fine with That's me. Right. I, I, I like them both. So, so like I said, my list is certainly not all-inclusive, right. but uh, I'm going to mention one more, uh, and that is avocados. Oh. Well, I know you like avocados. I do. Yeah, so I don't personally. Oh. And, and uh, it's Kyle. more texture than taste, I think, but I, I have a hard time mm -hmm eating avocados or guacamole or whatever, but regardless of my personal preference, <laughs> uh, a source of heart healthy, good fat, huh. uh, avocados can have a meaningful impact on your blood sugar levels in the long term as well. With over 80% of the total carbs in avocado coming from the fiber, and again, mm -hmm. fiber, fiber seems to be a mm -hmm. real reoccurring theme with this list here, it'll be digested more slowly giving a steady blood sugar response, which is what we're looking for yeah. instead of those big spikes up. And then also avocados will leave you feeling satisfied for longer. And that helps you steer clear of unhealthy, potentially sugar spiking snacks like Cheetos. Cheetos. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. And there are there are other foods, but we'll we'll stop there. Uh, but there are you know great foods out there that can help reduce blood sugar levels over time, and are great go tos when you're making dietary changes. Eating them in place of a not so healthy meal choice is an easy step in the right direction to managing your blood sugar. And and you know having a, a healthy blood yeah. sugar levels is good for all of us. Well, I think guacamole with some garlic in it. Hey, hey. you're on to something. I there. am. Like that's like a triple thread <laughs> or something. So. Lil, today's guest is Alan Christensen. Alan serves as the operations manager for the St. George Livewell Center. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Public Health Education and a Certificate in Gerontology from Brigham Young University. He's currently pursuing a doctoral degree in health education from A.T. Still University with his research focus interest in social determinants of health. Hmm. And uh, Alan and his wife, Alyssa, have three children. They enjoy traveling. Uh, and finding good food spots along the way. Alan, welcome back to yes. the show. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. We're glad you could be here. Now, Alan, this, this is uh, you know, one area of, of expertise that you have, uh, overall healthy living. Um, what do you think about that list? Anything ring true that, uh, that I said? Or is, is there something that I missed that you really want to touch on? Or what do you think? No, I, I I agree with everything that's been said. I I'm saddened to hear that you're not a fan of avocados. <laughs> I know. I, uh, you know, my wife. I love avocados as well as garlic. I would I would go with little uh, suggestion uh, on garlic with some avocados mixed yes. with guacamole. That's uh that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, you know, seriously, it, it's it's not the taste necessarily. Right. It, it is definitely the texture, and there, and that's okay. that's a weird thing that I have because I love bananas, but I hate to eat them because of that. <laughs> 
texture in your mouth. And avocados uh, are kind of the same way for tofu me. That's tofu for me. Yeah, see, <laughs> you, know, so you know a little bit what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but th- that being said, I know that they're good for you. Holy yeah. cow, there's so many good things going on in an avocado yeah. that it's worth, you know, taking a look at it as far as a, a good food choice. Yeah. So. Well, you know your taste buds t- change every seven years, so who knows? Maybe down the road you can try to give it a try again. See, if you know, and, and I, I, I actually subscribe to that. I believe that. When I was younger, I could not eat a tomato to save my life. I couldn't, and they're not my favorite food. Like I would, I'd, I'd choose a Snickers bar <laughs> over a tomato, probably. You know, if I if I had the choice, <laughs> not maybe not my very favorite food, but I can actually eat them now, and that's that surprises me. So I definitely believe that that, that your taste buds do change over time, and that uh, I will keep trying avocados uh, until they work. I'm for bringing me. you some guacamole with garlic. Okay, there you go. Good. Keep fighting the good fight. Put it, put it on some uh, some tortilla chips that's or something, right. and you're ready to go. So. <laughs> So, uh, Ellen, I, I, I want to talk to you just, just really briefly about this concept of social detriments of health. Um, what, what does that mean exactly? What are you finding in your research that are social detriments of health? You know, I think there's a lot of factors when you look into it. It's becoming an, an emerging area, I think, particularly around healthcare, knowing that, you know, when we look at healthcare, that it's pretty pretty straight and direct to the point of what we look at. But, you know, when you take a step back and look at overall health, um, you know, you take in the factors that we're learning that education, um, you know, the ability to have a, a job, which relates to having insurance. These are all different factors about what really impacts an individual's health. I think you would, there are studies out there and there's more that emerging where, you know, you could have a community you know, within a region, you could have, I would say, even here in our area in southern Utah, you can have within a mile span a life expectancy that varies 10 years. Um, and so people um, and scientists have been really interested to understand what are those factors that are really uh, playing a role in impacting that huge of a variance, you know, where people are living relatively close, but there is a, a change in life expectancy. You know, I think there's a lot of factors where we look at uh, racial inequities, uh, income, education, just opportunities. I came from Southern California where, you know, there was a community that was neighboring um, one of the towns that I lived in that had no park and recreation department. There were no paved sidewalks. Um, It was, it felt unsafe. They had a lack of uh, police infrastructure there. So when you factor all these these multifaceted approaches, you know you can start to really see uh, the opportunity decreases that are available for people to really promote healthy lifestyles. And so I think that's more and more what drew me in. I think the work that I led in California, and just trying to understand of how we can provide more of an equal opportunity for people to have a healthy chance at living a health the healthiest life possible. That that does sound like a very fascinating area of study. You know, I th- I think so many times, at least for me, maybe other people feel differently, but if it feels like, you know, your health and wellness is your own personal decisions. And if you want to be healthy, then you just choose to be healthy. And, and certainly there's no question that that is significant in the big picture of your own health and wellness. But there are a lot of social drivers 
that maybe you don't think about that ought to be taken into account. And, and then, you know, then you're, you, you have to take a look at social policies and, and things like that that are in place or that are not in place and need to be. And uh, I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. So what an interesting yeah. field of study. Yeah. And I mean, it's even more so now. I mean, when, you know, we're faced in this epidemic of, of COVID, um, it's, there's just a, a new layer of, of challenges as people have been isolated in their homes. And, um, you know, obviously businesses and events, and there's so many things that go on that really shape and impact that are, you know, again, preventing people the opportunity to, to promote a healthy lifestyle. And I think we're all faced with trying to identify how to ever overcome those barriers or challenges. It, it feels like in a lot of ways, you know, an unprecedented time. And as you said, we're, we're all just kind of trying to figure it out. You know, we made an announcement a couple of weeks ago that uh, was very hard for us to make to forego the 2020 Huntsman World Senior Games. We, we didn't like making that decision. Uh, but given the situation, we felt like it was the right thing to do. But there's a perfect example right there of, uh, you know, social structures and, and uh, situations that create less than desirable uh, a scenario. You know, we're, we're canceling an event that people look forward to, that they train for, that they exercise for. And, you know, I heard uh, a lot of, of our athletes and others that have said, boy, it's hard to maintain that motivation when all of the things that motivate you, those competitive events are being canceled and are mm -hmm. disappearing. And, you know, there's, there's a, a perfect example of a social construct that is kind of stacked against us all right now in the face of COVID-19. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, you know, here within the Live Well Center, we've been Definitely, we have been impacted by. I think the course of this, I would say, the health and fitness industry as a whole has really had an impact based on COVID and had to pivot and readjust. I mean, you know, we've we've kind of shifted our business a number of times, and you know, one of the areas that we've been really looking to promote is providing more virtual offerings. Um, yeah. knowing that people are still hungry to really have a mechanism to train to socially connect um, and you know, I think we're, we're continually trying to do the best to, to provide that resource to them. And, and I, and I, I think that that's right on and, mm -hmm. and we're, you know, attempting to do some of those same things, mm -hmm. you know, how can we continue to provide uh, whether it's a physical or a virtual venue or at least an opportunity for people to stay active and stay healthy. Let's, let's uh, not leave that for just a minute. Let's, let's touch on that a little bit more. Um, sure. Obviously, here we are in the middle of this pandemic, you know, and wherever you're from, Southern Utah, Northern Maine, uh, Siberia, you're, you're, yeah. being, you're being touched by this uh, in, in a lot of different ways that, uh, that are affecting your, your health and wellness. Um, from your standpoint, what are things that people can do to continue to connect with their health and wellness, even though circumstances and situations are less than ideal? Well, I think, you know, I think the, I think the internet and I think the way things are being done more virtually has been uh, a resource and, and way to do so. I think there, you know, I think just speaking in the realm of health and wellness, I think there have been companies that have been 
uh, innovative earlier on and it hasn't been as hard of an adjustment for them. Um, for us, that really wasn't, but we've appreciated the opportunity to kind of step in and, and it's something that we've always wanted to do. And this has kind of helped nudge us to really be forced to do that. And, you know, is it perfect? No, but I, I can say that right now we probably service, you know, uh, anywhere from 40 to, to 80 individuals virtually. And, you know, if I were the opportunity to read you some of the feedback in the comments and just have you interview them, um, just how grateful they are to have that, not only to have that connection to continually get their exercise in, but just being able to connect with, uh, with our exercise uh, specialists who, you know, have developed this relationship. I think, you know, being able to connect socially um, in a time where I think mental health and mental, mental fitness really have been um, hit hard. You know, I think people are at this norm where my children, you know, for the, the last course of the, the their school year last year, having to do things from the computer and not being able to see their friends and their teachers, um, it's really changed. And I think the, the benefit that we all can look at is that, you know, this is a problem that everyone across the world is trying to address and face so that we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're not alone at this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's crucial to recognize and understand and, you know, not being alone, even though we're, you know, maybe not uh, physically in the same location, but looking for ways to still connect, I think can be if we allow it to be and if we find the right, I guess, combination of of ways to do it, it it can be empowering as well, you know. Um, there, there are people around the world that are, are doing the same thing that we're trying to do. They're trying to figure out how to maintain a healthy, active lifestyle without putting themselves or others at risk. And um, there, there are options. I, I liked what you said where, you know, and, and of course we know this, but the, the internet has just totally revolutionized everything that we do in our lives. But if you're struggling in, in that area of health and wellness, uh, to be able to go online and find uh, a trainer who can still work with you and and connect with you, even if it's not physically together, but virtually together and help guide you through a workout or, or give you a, send you an email to work out or whatever that happens to be. Uh, it seems like that's a great way to kind of, you know, break off some of the shackles that w- have been put on us to, to some right. degree and, and move forward in a productive way. Yeah, and I would I would even add that, you know, YouTube has been a phenomenal source just for people who, you know, are trying to look to get some type of aspect because we obviously know going back to kind of that social determinant factor, you know, not everyone has the income to provide the means to get a personal trainer virtually, but, you know, there are tons of free resources in terms of of workouts and advice. I mean, obviously, it's it's always good to kind of do some some thorough consultation to ensure because, you know, the, the, the challenge with the internet is that, you know, the resources might, might not always be reliable or evidence-based. And so it's always good to kind of go in with that eye, knowing that you want to be, you want to go to resources and areas that have been vetted out and providing evidence-based, uh, you know, ideas and, and resources for you to utilize. But, Again, there is, there is a lot out there that you can um, that are easily at your disposal without having to leave your home. It, it, absolutely true, and uh, you know I think we've all um, you know seen and watched that kind of 
surge of <laughs> online uh, material that's available. And, and I, I think your warning is, is merited. You know, some of it is great and it's just what you need and get after mm-hmm. it and do it. And then on the other hand, some of it might be a little more, you know, fly by night and maybe not quite so uh, uh, information based or evidence based. And so it's worth going in with a, maybe a grain of salt and an eye to that concept. But the, the message is still there and I think important. And that is that, you know, you, there are a lot of things that are available and a lot of things that you can do and, uh, and, and should do that are there for you. Uh, from a health and wellness standpoint, you, you don't have to choose to stay on the couch the entire time. There are options that are available, right? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, sharing a personal experience last week, I took some time. Uh, we just welcomed our fourth child a couple months ago, and um, we took a, a small trip to a rural part of Colorado to visit my, my father-in-law. Um, and I can't tell you this was my first time since, you know, we had this epidemic start, but it was just a really nice reset to be able to, to get away um, in a safe manner. Um, You know, we were able to go hiking and fishing and not have anyone around us. And I think that's another avenue that I would advise people is, you know, to do your research and really try to find out where there potentially might be avenues locally or, you know, safely maybe by driving through a car where, you can go out and get in nature. There's plenty of research out there that being in nature really provides a lot of health benefits. And just thinking about when you go hiking or if you go trail running or if you do some workouts, you know, somewhere out in the open, um, you know, you still have those mechanisms to be able to do so. It just takes a little more maybe time and research and creativity to make it happen. Absolutely. And, and, it, and yet it's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I had a similar experience last week as well. We, we went to, uh, an, just like you said, a little rural community and I woke up a, a couple of mornings and, and went for a run and I didn't, not only did I not see another person, I didn't even see a car, you know, <laughs> it was, it was, I really was by myself. Uh, out there, and it was nice to just get a reset. You know, we, we spent a little bit of time on on the boat, on the lake, and of course we hiked through the trees and just experienced nature, as you said. And you mentioned it, but man, there is a lot of research that backs up that idea of you know not only getting outside, but getting outside in nature and being among trees and feeling the dirt and you know all those things. That there's some real research behind uh, those things being useful and helpful and beneficial, uh, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, it's all there. So, uh, Ellen, we've got about, I don't know, a minute left or so. Anything else that you would share to just help people stay on their health and wellness track as we're trying to navigate this whole COVID-19 thing? I think it's just, um, you know, I, I think in this time, it's just the, the, there's never been more of a need to just stay optimistic and knowing that uh, even when these challenges were, you know, the, the senior games was canceled. I know we had the Ironman that was also canceled, um, which, you know, it, it makes it feel like we're not making progress, but I think sometimes we're just taking a step back in order to move forward um, and provide a safe manner, knowing that uh, at some point, you know, we will overcome this and that we will get back to, you know, I guess a new normal. Um, and the more optimistic we can look at doing that, I think we'll, we'll get there sooner than we anticipate. 
how how true is that yeah. of, of everything? And yeah. certainly COVID-19 is no exception to that. Alan, thank you. We thank appreciate you. your your time, your expertise, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show sometime. Thank you both. I appreciate your time. So Lil, yes. I, I mentioned just a minute ago, but uh, mm. a couple of weeks ago, as you know, we, we made this big announcement. We did. Uh, you know, Alan was just talking about optimism and, and I feel like we have a huge opportunity to have some of that optimism. We're, we're not talking about canceling the no, games, right? No, We're just taking a time out. Yep. And uh, like any coach or manager, when the things aren't going the way that you want them to, you take a little time out, you regroup, and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to come back in 2021 ready and stronger than ever and just anticipate a fantastic event. We do encourage you, though, to hit up SeniorGames.net for any official announcements as well as the latest regarding COVID-19 and the Huntsman World Senior Games. If you've registered for the 2020 games, there's lots of information there about how to get a refund and all that kind of stuff. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Lil, we take this show, as you know, Mm-hmm. And uh, the live show and turn it into a podcast. And you can subscribe to the podcast pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. If you happen to be listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating, write a quick review. One of the best and easiest places to leave a review is at podchaser.com slash the active life. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website, seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from arguably one of the best of all time, Michael Jordan. Oh, yes. And he says, some people want it to happen, some wish that it would happen, and others make it happen. Good job. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.